Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So let's let's go to before the Lord right now and open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles right now to Luke chapter 5. Are you ready for the word? I said, are you ready for the word? That was five people. Are you ready for the word? We've had an incredible service, our celebration. Now this is going to be a prophetic message for you involved, not only for this day, but also for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing at RCC. We thank you for even this Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, that they are stepping into something new. I declare and prophesy that those in this building, whether they're a member of RCC or, or visiting, that they're about to launch out into a new reality. I declare, Father, in Jesus' name, that, that, that through the preaching of your word, you would bring encouragement and release your fire and a new door for a new area of stability in you, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, let's turn to Luke chapter 5. And uh, we're going to try to go to about 12, 15, 12, 20 today. I already told my, uh, the, the, the children's team because it's going to be a little longer today because of our celebratory service. And then we have a lot of uh, restaurants right here. We have Hungry Howie's right across the street. We have Subway. So it's just walking distance. And uh, I told them, I said, look, we're going to make an impact in the city. So might as well just partner with us right now. We'll give you business and you give us a discount in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. And they said, okay. But, but it's not done yet. So anyway, Luke... <laughs> Luke chapter 5, this is, this is powerful. Luke chapter 5 is going to be on your screen. Get your Bibles out. Get your smartphone out. It's funny, nowadays you hardly have anybody that, that actually has their real Bible out. They have their smartphone. But I have my smartphone and my Bible, so I got notes in both places. This is prophetic for this season of RCC, listen, and in your life. So I want you to hear me. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Now watch what the Bible says. I'm going to go to verse 10. It's 10 verses, but it's, I want to break this down. We're starting a new series called More Than Conquerors today, and I felt led to just share this as a front because this is something that I believe we need to learn. The church needs to learn how to overcome crisis without going into a pity party. That got two amens. But Luke chapter 5 verse 1 says this. So it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear, watch this, the word of God, that Jesus stood by the lake of the Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen, this is key here, the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Say washing their nets. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon. Now again, Simon is, again, if you know, is Peter. His, his name later changed to Peter, but he he's, was named Simon at that time. And asked him, he, Jesus asked him to pull out a little further from the land. And when Jesus sat, and when he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Look at verse 4. When Jesus has stopped speaking, he turned. This is very important. I want you to hear this because this is going to be the crux of my message. This sentence right here. He turned and spoke or said to Peter. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch. Verse 5. But Simon answered and said, isn't it funny when God speaks to us, we have excuses to tell God that he really doesn't know what he's talking about? God is saying to Peter, launch out a little further into the deep, and the first response from Peter is to bargain with God, to convince God that God doesn't really know what he's talking about. 
because he said, Master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. We haven't caught anything. What are you telling? The, the voice of the Lord in, watch this, in this season of my life, Lord, doesn't make sense. That's going to preach you happy in a second. The voice, the, the command of what you're telling me to do now doesn't make sense. Sometimes when God speaks to you, it doesn't make sense. Master, we've told all night and we've caught nothing. Now look at this. Nevertheless, at your word. In other words, 2017 language. Nevertheless, though I don't understand your ways or your voice or what you're trying to tell me, I'm going to position myself and be determined to be obedient to what you just said. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Keep going. Look at the next verse. We're going to go to verse 10. And when they had done this, they had done what? Be obedient to the voice of the Lord. I'm going to give you a foreshadow here. I'm going to give you a foreshadow here. You want the greatest blessings of the Lord in your life? There has to be obedience to the voice of the Lord. Not just through the word, but through prophetic voice of the Lord. Now when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Look at verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. Look at this reality. They were toiling all night for hours. In one moment, they went from catching nothing to now both boats sinking because of the amount of fish. Now look, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished of the great catch of fish that they had taken. Look at the last verse here. Look at this. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, after this all happened, don't be afraid. Say afraid. Come on, say fear. Say fear. He said, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. From now on, you're going to catch souls. Basically, what I'm sharing with you, Peter, is a symbolism of what I'm trying to teach you because there's a symbolic principle here. Now, I'm going to get back to the text in a second. But I want you to know something about this, the, uh, this scripture. The scripture here is very powerful because I find whenever you and I are in a season where we're about to launch out into our destiny or into a new season or chapter in your life or into a transitional season. Some of you are in transition right now as we speak. Right when you're about to make major decisions in your life for the next chapter of your life, it seems to be that two things or three things are always present at the same time. There's faith calling you outside to launch into an unfamiliar territory. And it's also mixed with fear and doubt at the same time. So at the same time, there's faith that's calling you out into the deep. And at the same time, faith is speaking. Doubt is wrestling with you because of you, the natural circumstances that you see with your own eyes. Faith will never agree with your natural circumstances. The eyes of faith will never always agree with what you see. As a matter of fact, faith has everything to do with what you don't see. Because the Bible is clear. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what I find it's very interesting that some people, that well, they're waiting for things to happen. But I want to say something to you very prophetically here. 
Every time faith is calling you out or the Lord is speaking to you or you're trying to figure out something in your next decision of your life, your next transition of your life, the next chapter of your life to establish you into a place of influence, there's always going to be faith calling at you and doubt at the same time. Doubt is stopping you from reaching the place where you feel God is about to take you and your family or you and your ministry and you and your business. Now watch. I find most of the time in, in Christianity that there's usually a, a couple things when people are about to launch out or when they step out or launch out, however you want to call it, or they're about to make a major decision in their life. Hear me now. It's usually because they're overly frustrated. I'm going to preach good now. It's because they're overly frustrated with the condition that they're in or the, or the, or the um, natural condition that they're in. And therefore, they launch out quickly, or they step out quickly, or they make a rash decision quickly because they're frustrated in their job. They're frustrated in their school. They're frustrated in their home. So because of frustration, they launch out prematurely. Or you have the other type of people that launch out into a new reality because they're overly zealous. And because they're overly zealous, and they just want to do something, and they just want to do everything for God, and they want to win the whole world for God, and they, they launch out into a new reality, or they make a decision to do something that is, uh, that is going to bring them into another uh, transitional moment in their life. But they're overly zealous. Now, I want to tell you something. Just because you launch out, and, and, it, and if it's birth in overzealousness or frustration, just because you launch out in frustration, because you don't like your conditions anymore, or because you're overzealous, are you ready for this? Does not necessarily mean that's from the Lord. Just because you're about to make a decision in your life, that is birthed out of frustration or pain. Let me add that there. If you're about to make a decision in your life that's birthed out of pain, you better watch the decision that you're about to make. If you're about to launch out into a deep reality that's unfamiliar and you're frustrated or you're overly zealous, here's what's going to happen. You may see fruits for a little bit, but the fruits won't last long because it's birthed out of frustration. Now, why do I say this? Because there's, you can make decisions or you're about to make decisions in your life that you think will bring you into happiness. Because you're currently frustrated about a situation, so you want to watch this escape to go to the next level or to the next dimension or to the next chapter in your life. But here is the golden rule that made Peter successful in this story. He did not launch out because he was frustrated with the current condition he was. Do you know that you could launch out and never seek the Lord's counsel and that's not the Lord? Peter was not successful because he was overly zealous and said, you know what, no one's moving around me, so I'm just going to go because I know that I can win the world for Jesus. Now, I know there's some truth to that. The reason why Peter was successful is because of one thing that the church has missed out and has forgotten in the process of decision making. Are you ready for this? The voice of the Lord. Did God say that what I'm about to go into is from the Lord or just my good idea? Come on, you're not preaching. You're not saying amen to me. Let me tell you, the voice of the Lord is the great discerner to let you know that what you're about to do is either a good idea or God's idea. The voice of the Lord is the one that tells you. It is the, me who's saying 
go out and launch into the deep. It's not you. I know, Peter, sometimes you've been frustrated. I know, Peter, listen, we all know Peter. Peter has put his foot in his mouth more than anybody else in the Bible. He's the one who said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, all these jokers could around you, could, 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 could leave you, but I ain't going to leave you. You just called me the rock. I'm the original rock. Just a couple of verses later, you called me rock. I'm Peter. I'm rock. I am not going to uh, forsake you. I'm one of your top three guys. It's, J- it's John, it's James, and then it's me. I got your back. Jesus goes, really? Well, listen, before the, crow, the, the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And Peter denied him three times. This is the same guy. This is the same Peter that, that was telling the, the people, hey, let's, let's, let's call down fire from heaven, right, and consume them. And, and this is the same Peter that told Jesus, you don't have to die on the cross. And Jesus goes, get behind me, Satan. But Peter got something right. Peter got the voice of the Lord right because he was, watch this now, this is going to hit you, hit home. He was a professional fisherman, not a novice. And yet he knew how to fish and was catching nothing. So the, watch this, the instruction from the Lord was actually offensive to him. Because he's saying, go out into the deeper waters and let down your net. Because, watch this, in the area that you're in, in the, in the atmosphere that you're in, it's too shallow for you to grow. In the place that you're currently in, it's too shallow. But you're there because you're comfortable and you can see the ground. And you don't have to walk by faith in the shallow waters. You don't have to walk by faith in the, in the, in the, in the dim waters because you can see everything. And everything's comfortable. And yet you're, you're not happy, yet you're comfortable. And yet you're making money, but you're not happy. Why? Because there's a, there's a transitional moment that God wants to take you into a deeper place with him. But the deep waters are symbolic of instability because no longer can you see the bottom and feel safe with your own eyes. No longer can you trust your own resources. No longer could you trust your own job to, to get it through because he's calling the church to a place of depend, dependence on him. Not on your own knowledge. And so what, what, when Jesus comes on the scene, he says, go a little further and launch out to the deep. At first, that was an insult to Peter because he's a professional fisherman. So he's saying, Jesus, I know how to fish. We've been here. Watch this. I've been here all night. Let me do 2017 version. There's no way that I could go into a deeper level of consecration, Lord, because every single boyfriend I had cheats on me. Or, or there's no way I could go deeper in holiness, God, because everyone around me is just leaving me. Or there's no way that I could give when you tell me to give because I hardly have anything in my account. God's ways are not your ways. And so here's what Jesus said. He goes, pull out to the deep. Now, now here, here's one thing that I love in verse 4 when he says, the voice of the Lord said, go out. Here's the key. What is the Lord saying for you and challenging you so you could go into that deep place with him? Because a deep place sometimes is dirty. Can I hear an amen? Sometimes a deep place is, it lacks your sight and you have to have faith in that deep place. When he launches out, he launches out to the deep. And Apopka, symbolic, is the deep because it's uncertain. There's deep racial issues here. There's deep economic issues. There's, there's deep division. But you know what? There's a purpose. Oh, God, I feel the Lord. There's a purpose for you to be launched out in the deep. Not so that you could prove how spiritual you are. Jesus had a purpose all along. You know what it is? There's, there, there's a plan that's bigger than you. Peter, the reason why I'm telling you to go 
deeper is because it's going to require you to trust me. It's going to require you to stop looking at your own resources. But here is the end result of your obedience. A great catch of fish in the deep. The great fish that he wanted was not in the shallow waters. It was in the deep waters where it's uncomfortable, where you have to use faith, where you have to step out, where you have to believe God, where you have to do, do something so that you could be able to get into a position where God is about to bless you. Why? Because of the fact that you're obedient to the voice of the Lord. A lot of times we are stuck in the same level with God because we refuse to take heed to the voice of the Lord and we're comfortable or... We don't want to go to the deep because there's sharks out there. There's whales out there. There's, there's nasty realities out there. Let me tell you something. This property did not come without a fight. When we launch into the deep, there are sharks. Spiritual sharks waiting for us to say, you're not going to come into the deep. We've been in the deep way before you. How dare you come? And just... The purpose for the enemy to attack you is to give up on your destiny. Why do I say that? Watch this. If you're a fisherman, you know this. Do you know what sign, a sign of giving up was, was for fishermen? How many, how, many, how many fish? How many fish? How many like, know people that fish? What is a sign that, you're, that the day is through that you're done? What is a sign? You wash your nets. No fisherman washes their nets with the intention of putting the net back in the water. Because a sign of washing the nets means I've done, I'm through, I, my day is over, I've caught nothing, let's just haul it in and let's just give up. There's one thing that Peter had that many of us in the church need to have. Peter did not understand the voice of the Lord that was telling it. Can I just be uh, um, 2017 version? When the Lord is speaking to you and he's speaking to you to launch into a reality of holiness. And he's saying, I want you to leave this relationship. This is the 2017 version. And go into this relationship that's more godly. I want you to, to leave this negative relationship that's pulling you down, even romantically. It doesn't matter if you like him. No matter if you like her. It matters. Is, is this my voice and my will for you? Are you willing to go out into the deep and trust God even with relationships that you may not understand that God is trying to tell you to let go or realities so that you could be obedient to his voice? Watch this. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is what separated Peter from everybody else. When Jesus said, go out to the deep. We haven't caught anything. Watch this. Look at me. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. Peter had a nevertheless in his spirit. You know why? Because he said, 2017 version, I may not understand everything. I don't have it all together. You're telling me to go into the deep relationship with you and stop waffling around with shallow water Christianity. Stop waffling around with having one foot in the world, one foot with God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, you're asking me to stop, uh, stop being a, a, a victim mentality Christian. And you're telling me to fully trust you without blaming you and making excuses and woe is me and look at all the bad stuff that happened in my life. You're telling me to stop that? Yes. And Peter said, okay, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, and it's going to hurt my pride. Nevertheless, watch this, at your word, I'll do what you say. And the result of nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. Produce a great harvest of souls. The nevertheless in me produce this. The nevertheless in my in my my leadership team produce this. I'm here to tell you, there is a great harvest for you if you take heed to the voice of the Lord and go deeper. 
and go deeper. Say amen. Say go deeper. Say go deeper. Are you, are you saying amen with me? What did the voice of the Lord do for Peter? Number one, it brought assurance and confidence that it was God. Boy, do we need that today. Uh, let me just, I, I hear that from the Lord. Let me just say something very powerful here. The voice of the Lord will never, ever, ever contradict the word of God. We got so many Christians saying, well, the Lord told me, you know, the Lord told me to marry this person. And he's the furthest away from God that you can ever imagine. Now the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. Listen, the, the people use the Lord spoke to me all the time so that you won't get convicted by Holy Ghost counseling. Well, the Lord told me to do that. Oh, really? Well, the Lord told you to do that. And then, then really, no one can really talk to you about that, right? Because the Lord told you. Let me tell you something. The Lord would never tell you something that is direct in contradiction to his word. So if the Lord told you to, to badmouth your pastor or start gossiping about him, that's not the Lord. Or gossiping about your friends or, or complaining. Let, hey, let's just get together and let's just complain. I feel this is from the Lord. The, the voice of the Lord brought assurance and confidence that what he was about to do was from him. Listen, I don't care how crazy it sounds. If the Lord says it, look, look at this. Look how crazy this is. Ten months baby Christian and we're in our building. That's not supposed to happen. But the voice of the Lord came, and we said yes, and, and it was tough, and it was rough. But when I said, when God said, launch out, I said, okay. I wasn't prepared what was in the deep. I am now. But let me tell you something. The voice of the Lord will produce fruit in your life. Can I hear an amen? Confidence, strength, strengthen our faith, and stabilize us. Now watch this. Watch this. There's three types of Christians or people, all right, that, I, that, that are in this, in the world, and you're in it today, right? So here, I'm going to break down three types of Christians, three types of people in the, in the world today, and you're here when it comes to all this dynamic. Number one, there's the type of Christians that's very spiritual. Come on, you can preach at me right now. And, they, and, they, and in their eyes, all they need is faith. They don't need works. They don't need action to their faith. It's just everything is faith. Hey, brother, what, what's that book that you're about to write? God's going to take care of it. God's going to do it. Oh, okay, what about your, what about your job? It's all in God's hand. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Everything is waiting on the Lord. And it's just faith. Okay, well, how about, like, you're, you're, like your kids are starving. What about, are you, are you applying for a job? It's in God's hands. I'm waiting on the Lord. So there's one type of Christian that says, in order for you to, receive, to get into your destiny, all you have to do is just have faith without works. Well, that's not the scripture. The scripture is you have to couple your faith by your works. So, so if you have faith for something the, and, and you're starving or you're, or you're without food, don't just, yeah, yeah, wait on God, but apply for a job. Glory to God. <laughs> just God, God is just, I don't know, just God, he's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to do it. But let me tell you something. You have to partner with him. You partner with him. Apply for a job. Then he says, see, faith by works, without works, is dead. So there's one type of Christian that when they're about to launch out, it's all faith. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, they end up being super spiritual, and you can't talk to them anyways. Right? Because it, oh, it's faith. Oh, it's just faith. It's faith, faith, faith. Okay, keep starving then. <laughs> There's a, oh, watch this now. I'm going I'm to get back to the other crowd, too, so don't be laughing at me yet. There's a second type of Christian that is a lot like us, and it's a lot like me, where we're, we're goal-oriented, and we're task-oriented, and we dot the, the I's and cross the T's, and we're very proactive in our future, and we're very proactive in, in our own abilities, to, to, and we work long hours and to, to try to get accomplished what God spoke into our life. 
but we eliminate the faith factor. So there's another type of Christian who's like, no, I got this. We, we know we got to get organized. That's a lot like me. We got to do this. We got to do that. No, we got this. No, we're going to do it. Yeah, God's here, but we, we got we to help him out. You laugh, but that's you sometimes. And so that second type of Christian is because we are goal-oriented, because we want the, the plan of God for our life, we sometimes are so goal-oriented that we leave the element of faith. Guys, I am not that smart to inherit this type of building. I am not that, 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 that good in my abilities to land a supernatural building like this on my own. It took faith. But watch this. This is going to encourage you. When you mix faith, whoo, I'm preaching to myself now. When you mix faith with the already known prophetic voice of the Lord, then it's going to anchor you. Let me tell you something about how the journey of how we got this because I feel led to share this, and then we're going to close in, in, a, in a second. There has been four leaps of faith that I had to take in my life, four leaps of faith that has brought me into the place that I am right now. And everyone, I don't know how many you have, every one of you have leaps of faith. Leap. When I talk about leaps of faith, is it's life-changing steps. Life-changing moves. Can I hear an amen? That will position you to the next chapter of your life. I've had four of them. The first one came uh, when I was in 1996, after I got saved. Uh, as a, uh, uh, I was just preaching, you know, here and there. And then God called me. I went from a large ministry, and God told me to go to Deltona. And I didn't like Deltona. It's not that I don't like it now. I love Deltona now. But back then, I didn't like it. I come from a big ministry. So when I was launched out into Deltona, I thought, oh, no, no, no. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. Wood to the right, wood to the left, wood in front, and wood in the back. There's nothing, just wood. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go there. And I went there as a guest speaker one time, and then the Lord started the voice. Do you see the, the difference? Do you see the difference? I didn't want to go there. But the voice says, nevertheless, go out to the deep. He told me to go to the deep in 1996. Go to Deltona, be the youth pastor. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Lord, this place is ugly. I don't like this. I have to drive 45 minutes. I literally, I didn't want it. I, I hated it. But guess what happened? As I yielded to the voice of the Lord, not only did we see a youth revival there, I met my wife there. Now, think about that. She was there, and she was over the children's ministry over there too. It's crazy. And, of course, she was much younger then. <laughs> right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll skip that part. Fast forward. So I'm like, no way. I mean, are you kidding? See, let me just say this. God has a way of say, talking to you that makes absolutely no sense. We're eight and a half years apart. So she was like 16 when I was there. I'm like, uh, it wasn't even in my, in my grid. But two years later, after I fasted for 40 days, that's the truth, brother. I fasted 40 days. I said, I need a wife, man. <laughs> I did. I, go, I, I, said, I, I said, I need to fast. I fasted 40 days. I lost 40 pounds. I said, I need to know who my wife is because I'm tired of, of, of traveling by myself. And lo and behold, lo and behold, as I fasted, and watch this, I launched into the deep. God, watch this. Oh, this is good. Sometimes God will send you something to a place, and you don't know the reason why until a couple years later. You don't know why. She was sitting there the whole time. At, when she was 18, the Lord, the Lord uh, gave me a, uh, several dreams that she would be my future wife. I'm like, no, I want to, but no. You know. 
the reason I said no is because I was more concerned of what people thought instead of what God said. That's called the fear of man. Because I said, well, you know, what are people going to think? I'm the associate pastor. She's eight years younger than me. She's just graduating out of high school. I'm already in college. This doesn't make sense. Neither did it, neither did it make sense for Peter to go out into the, into the, into the beat, into the deep. It didn't make sense because he had told all night. Come on, church. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. He had told all night. It didn't make sense. I hear God speaking to some of you that's not making sense, but God is still speaking to get right with him. You may say, well, it doesn't make sense. It, it makes sense if it's God's will. It's time to go into the deep. And so that's the first step of faith. I want the worship team to come up here, please. The second step of faith, the second step of faith was in 2001 and 2002. When I was in Allstate Insurance Company, my mom worked there for, for many years. I was in Allstate Insurance Company. Hear me now. I had the call of God in burning in my heart. How many of you, maybe you're in this place right now, you have the call of God burning in your heart for ministry, but you're in, you're in a, a full-time job. God is using that to provide for you, or vice versa. You, you feel like you're in the market, you need to be an owner, but you're stuck babysitting or we're doing whatever, and you're still, you have a call of God to be a business owner. So watch this. Look at me. 19, 2000 and 2001, I was there. And, 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 and Allstate Insurance Company, watch this, guys. I was making a lot of money with no children at that time. I had a 401K. Everything was good, but I was dying on the inside. You know why? Because I wasn't doing what I was born to do. You could have lots of money in your bank account and be in a place concerning occupation or in your life mandate for your life and not be happy even though you have the 401k and even though you have all the money. You know why? Because you're not doing and unlocking what you were born to do. I was sitting in a cubicle, and I knew I was called to be a pastor. But yet, I was making all this money. I felt frustrated, and I would come home all the time, throw books, uh, and, uh, uh, it, and I would fail these tests all these times to get for adjuster. I was so frustrated, yet I was making all this money. Look at this. And I'll never forget this. I want you to hear this because it's going to set some of you free. And I was in the, um, I was getting a fax. Some of you guys heard the story before, but it's worth saying today. I was getting a fax at, uh, at Allstate Insurance Company, and as I was getting a fax, I'm, I'm already suffering, like, like I'm, I'm really kind of almost depressed at this moment, because I, I, I needed to take another step of faith into the next chapter of my life. Do you know that the next chapter of your life requires a step of faith, right? That's going to cause you even financial gain or the blessing of the Lord over your life. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, God, and I'm, 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 I'm to the point of quitting, and I look up, and I'm waiting for a fax. This happened. I don't think I've ever told them. Uh, did I tell you? Yeah. So I, I look up, and as I look up, I started weeping because there is this picture that I saw that the Lord says, that's you. It's right here. I have it in my office. I hung it up. It's this picture right here. It's this penguin. That's looking down, and he's about to launch out. He's looking down. He says, should I do it? Should I launch out? It's too deep down there. It's too risky up there. It's too hurtful if I go back to the Lord and face all my old Christian friends. And the shame that brings her that. But the Lord says, do it anyway. That's the only place of healing. And, the, and look what it says. This was right me. This is me. 
It says, courage is daring to take that first step or a different path. It's the decision to place your dreams above your fears. And when I looked at that, it's the decision to place your dreams above your fears. I started crying. And I heard the Lord. You may think I'm funny, but I heard in my spirit, in my heart, you're that penguin. In my heart, the Lord says, you're that penguin. You want to launch out, but you're afraid that if you launch out, you're going to lose all this money. And I was. I was afraid. How, if I start going from 401k to this, how am I going to survive? The Lord says, trust me. I took a leap of faith, and I joined Living Waters Church at that time, making not that much. I won't say how much, but not, not much at, at all, only because they were a small church too. And I, in there, later became OHOP, and I, of course, as you know, became the youth pastor there. You fast forward, the third step of faith that I did that's brought me into this place. Again, I'm giving you a journey so you know that every prominent person that is a person of influence has had to take significant leaps of faith in their life. Can I just say this? I'm going to say this from the Lord. If you're not willing to take a leap of faith, you're not going to soar. You're not. You have to learn. But when do you do it? Just at any time? No, only when the Lord speaks. So the third one was, many of you know, is in 2016 through Prophet Stephen and others. Prophetically, you know the story. Some of you don't. was in Miami in 2016, and after I finished preaching, a lady poured oil over my head and said, you have a flock of your own, and things are going to drastically change your life. I'm thinking, lady, what are you talking about? You're speaking that in front of everybody. Weeks later, all these prophetic confirmations. What are prophetic confirmations? The voice of the Lord saying to go deep. To the point where a backslider at that time that did not, had not talked to me for seven years called me and left me a message on the phone and says, word on the street is that you need to start a church. Why aren't you doing what God's telling you to do? God spoke to me through someone like that. We launched, watch this, in November 6th. We haven't even been a year yet. November 6, 2016, in Apopka Memorial Middle School, we launched. There was close to 500 people there. The uh, Sheriff Demings was there. We had some of the, the city officials there. We cut the ribbon, and we launched Remnant Christian Center, right? After four months of launching Remnant Christian Center, we saw massive explosion in, in souls and, and growth. The Lord started speaking to me and said, you need one more step of faith. I'm like, oh, no, not another one. Don't keep telling me to go out in the deep. It's scary. It's hurtful. You're vulnerable. And after four months, just four months, this doesn't make sense. I know. What Amal said this moment, he says, you need to start looking for a place. I'm thinking, but we told all night. That's exactly what I was thinking. What are you talking about, Lord? Watch this, guys. I'm about to close here now, but this is the most important thing I'm going to say. What are you trying to tell me that in just four months look for a building? Can you believe that I'm a big God? Yes, Lord. But we're only four months. Chill out. God says, I want you to believe me for a building. I'm like, okay. So I started going with my team, looking at buildings, looking at things. That didn't happen. That didn't work. And the, one of the reasons, to be frank with you, that I did it is, is it was beginning hard on our leadership team to, to get there and, and do all this stuff, you know, every single Sunday. It was very hard. We're like, Lord, if I'm not proactive to church, we're going to be here forever, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? So we're looking at this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. 
So one day, Waldemar, and after he's looking for, bless his heart, like 10 other places, he finally looked at this one. We're talking. We're talking about this building. And we felt, the moment I went in this building, I felt this supernatural peace. And it was an outdoor, outdoor shop where they sold guns and canoes and all this stuff. So as soon as I got here, I felt the presence of God. This was like in uh, February or March, right? And so we, we visited, and me and Waldy and some others were talking. And um, we actually said, you know, I don't know why, but I feel that the Lord, there's favor on you to have this building. And in my mind, I'm like, this building? This building? Launched into this type of deep? This is a true story. And I, I, if my wife is here, you can tell. She, I cried. I've never cried as hard as I did. So... As I'm driving, I'm leaving this meeting and I'm driving, and I sow, the Lord said, sow a financial seed into a prophet. And I did. And this prophet didn't know uh, what, what it was here for, what it was there for. And I said, hey, I, I, need to, I need to sow a seed into your life because I feel led to just bless you. Because what I was doing is I was, I, was, I was sowing into the building. And I needed direction, put it that way. And so you, you sow into the voice of the Lord. As a prophet, guess what you're going to get in return? A prophet's reward, which is the, the voice of the Lord. Now, I didn't give to get like that. I just gave. No sooner. I'm, God is my witness. No sooner 30 minutes later, I get a random text. I hadn't even sowed the money yet. I, mean, I, I didn't even, by faith, pray. I just said, you know what? I just want to send something to you. Don't worry. No reasons. No reasons. This man of God texts me. He says, the Lord tells me to tell you. Just not, not hi, hi, how you doing? God bless you. What's up, my boy, my friend? Just the Lord tells me to tell you. You're currently looking at a building, and it's encased in wood. And I hear the Lord saying, yes. God, God is my witness. Never has seen the building. He said, is it, it's, it's wood, and, and, and you're considering if that's yours or not. And I hear the Lord saying, yes, I was at Lens Crafters, and I ran out of Lens Crafters, and I cried my eyes out. <laughs> Are you okay? Did someone die? She literally thought someone died. <laughs> we found the house of the Lord. We found the house of the Lord. So, so watch. When you have the voice of the Lord, it gives you a, a, a tool to battle when doubt comes. If you ever had a thus saith the Lord, it's going to be challenged. I'm going to say it right now. If the word of the Lord ever said, this is yours, you're going to be challenged to get that. But you know what you have as your anchor? God said it, so it's going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen. Watch. This true story. March of this year, my wife and my kids were at Publix. Publix on Park Avenue. And on Publix, my son, 10-year-old at that time, because he just really, like me, just talked to people. And he started, like, my wife was like, where's J Jaden? And Jaden was with this black lady named uh, Jackie, African-American lady Jackie. And she's just talking to him, him. And all of a sudden, my son prayed for this lady at, at, at Publix. True story. The lady had arthritis. She gets healed of arthritis at Publix. No, no. no you're going to copy even more. She gets healed. So, and so she's going around with my, my, my son. This boy is going to be a pastor. This boy. And, 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 had, and made him pray for all these other people. Go ahead, pray for him. And my, my son's like, hey, in the name of Jesus. Uh, but go pray for that prayer. Right there. She had Publix uniform on. All right? So they told me the story. I came back. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and visit Miss Jackie at Publix. Watch, watch. This is how crazy prophetic voice of the Lord is. 
So I come with my camera, with my phone. And I say, hey, Miss Jackie, how you doing? I'm George. I'm, the, I'm his dad, and I'm also the senior pastor at Remnant Christian Center. I heard that um, my son prayed for you. You got, you got healed. Do you mind if I just record you just so I can share my congregation, which I never showed you. Just uh, share my congregation what the power of God can use kids, right? She goes, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I'm recording her, and she's like, uh, the whole thing, you know, and then the fire of God came on me, and I'm healed, and boy, she, he's a preacher. I'm like, oh, yeah, amen. Am I right? I'm, I'm cutting the story short. I turned it off. I wish I would have kept it on. She goes, you know what? I got to visit your church one time. You know, I, I really feel I need to visit. I go, well, ma'am, you know, right now we're in a school. It's a little uncomfortable. Uh, we're, we're just believing for a property. Guys, as soon as I said, we're just believing for a property, it's like she became a transformer. Her eyes changed. She goes, what? I go, yeah, we're believing for, we're in a school. She goes, like, I'm not exaggerating. God is going to give you the keys of a building. In public. She goes, and she starts shaking. I said, God, I said, yes, ma'am. God is going to give you the keys of a building. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. So just believe it, sir. I go, yeah, I will. Uh, yes, sir. yes, ma'am. The presence of God comes over, over me in public, and she's like, amen. And she keeps going into her aisle. And I'm like, what just happened to me? This public lady is prophesying to me. Watch. There was a battle over this building because there's other bidders that were going to bid higher this building. And our, our staff prayed. We fasted. Two weeks happened, and the owner said, give me two weeks because there's thing, I got to pray about this. Because watch this. It doesn't make sense. Nevertheless, two weeks gone, nothing happens. Don't hear from the owner. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The whole time, <laughs> Stephen knows me. The, the thing that anchored me is, wait, I know God's nature. And one of the things I know he's not is schizophrenic. I know that he's not going to say something through a prophet, and the prophet describes the building, never been to the building, and, and I know that God is not schizophrenic. So, okay, it's wavering, but I know that I know somehow in the back of my head that the building is ours. But I was wrestling with this reality. Good Friday comes, I mean, sorry, uh, Easter Sunday comes in. And on Easter Sunday, sorry, on Easter Sunday, 30 minutes before I'm going, you guys know the story, before I'm about to preach, I'm in the, the, the drama room or the art room, the popka, in the little office there. And Waldy comes in shaking like this. 30 minutes before service. And I'm old school. I'm like, don't bother me when I'm about to preach because I'm, try I'm trying to be focused. He comes in shaking and his wife, Madeline, comes in and my wife comes in. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And he closes the door. I'm like, is everything Okay. He, he closed the door. I'm like, oh, God, you know, someone's dying. Like, I literally thought someone's about dead. He goes, I haven't slept in two weeks. <laughs> Sorry, two days, not two weeks. A day. He goes, um, watch this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This is insane. He goes, good Friday, two days prior to that, to that Sunday. I was in Publix, the same aisle where Miss Jackie said, you're going to get the building. The I'm, I can, you can't, I'm not making this up. The same aisle where Miss Jackie said, God is going to give you the keys of a building. He's, Waldemar is looking at his phone shopping in the same aisle, not knowing anything. And he looks up because he's looking at a shopping list because us men, we have to look down on our shopping list because we don't know where everything is. 
I have to, tell, I have to call my wife, and she's at home, and she, I'm like, babe, where, where's that? Turn right over here. Turn left over here. Turn right. Oh, there it is. Look up. There it is. Right there. And she's at home. Anyways, he, he's shopping, and he bumps into somebody. Guess who that was? The owner of this building. And he's in the same aisle where Miss Jackie said, you're going to get the keys to the building. And the owner said, you know what? I've been praying about it. I don't feel peace about this. Reaching his pocket, he said, tell Pastor George the building is his. This building is his. Come on. Come on. Why do I say all this? I have so much more, but I'm going to close because of time. All this came to pass because I was willing to say yes to what I believe was thus saith the Lord. The Bible says if you, are, if you receive a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Can I say something to you? A lot of you are about to make a step of faith. You're about to step out in faith and to do something. But you got to go be willing to go into the deep waters. God is calling some of you out of compromise and into the deep things with him. God is calling some of you to take a leap of faith of where you're at, not just physically, spiritually in your life. Because when you do, here's what's going to happen. When you are obedient to the voice of the Lord, all these things happen. Let me tell you something. I could have said, oh, Miss Jackie, she's just too spiritual. I took that as the Lord saying, launch out into the deep. Trust me. It doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, at your word. And you know what? We signed the contract at the, end of at the end of June, and we're here today all because of four main leaps of faith. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to get to a place of influence in your life, if you're going to get to a place where God is going to transition you from one place of mediocrity to a place of fulfillment, you must take a risk. You must Take a risk, and, I'll, and I'll, I feel led to share this story that I wasn't going to share. The whole time these things were happening, it took risk. The very first time I was about to launch into full-time ministry in 1996, what I failed to tell you is I was in an Altamont Mall, and I was talking to this Hindu man. God ministered to me to a Hindu man. He had a kiosk filled with leather belts and leather wallets. How much money can you make with that? I mean, I'm not trying to diss anybody, I'm not like, but I'm like, in my mind, okay, you have leather, 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 you're selling leather belts and wallets, that's it. I go, sir, I'll never forget this. I said, uh, this is 1996, right, we're about to launch out. I go, how much does a does mall cost, uh, cost you to rent this? He goes, oh, about $1,500. I go, $1,500? A month? He goes, yeah, just this little square. I go, at that time, that was like more than my apartment. And I go, sir, how do you know if you're going to make money or not? I'll never forget this. He goes, sir, he goes, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I go, well, how do you know if you're going to make money off of this? He goes, you'll never know until you take a risk. And I was like a zombie. You never know until you take a risk. You never know until you take a risk. You never know until you take a risk. That Hindu voice kept following me everywhere I went. You'll never know until you take a risk. You'll never know. And let me tell you something. Atheists and people that are in the natural say, show me and I'll believe. But God says, believe me, then I'll show you. So I want everyone to stand up as we close. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.